0: Hello and welcome to the STC Fit Learning Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Ben Scott. I'll be joined by Jason Galea. Thanks for joining us on our way to create 1 million positive outcomes for personal training clients by 2030. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit Learning, a page created to upskill and educate PTs and gym nerds. Also brought to you by at STC Fit, and that's a place for all your online and in-person personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episodes, please give us a share and tag on the Insta webs. You can tag at STC fit, at STC fit learning, at Ben Scott SC, and at Jason Galea PC. Hope you enjoy the show.
1: What's up Jason? Everything Ben. Everything. Nah, I'm lying. Nothing. Nothing? We haven't done anything for a while. Yeah, it's been... Uh, have we, I feel like we haven't podcasted in a little, in a little while as well. Yeah, because the girls did one. Yeah. So I think we just had one week off. Oh, really? Yeah, it feels like ages, but maybe yeah. that's because we're uh, incarcerated. Yeah. It feels <laughs> feel so long. Having, having our prison yard walks around. <laughs> like. I haven't done my, my yard time yet, my workouts. Our daily yard time. <laughs> around the Boardwalk Boulevard. Set- set your stopwatch 60 minutes and not a single minute more yeah and only once <sighs> <laughs> so for those that don't know we're on uh stage 4 restrictions in victoria in metropolitan melbourne so mm-hmm. we're limited to 1 hour of exercise a day outside and all other things are pretty much banned unless it involves food medicine yeah or some form of like allied health or general and
0: you're not allowed you're not allowed to be more than five kilometers from your house
1: oh yeah yes that's it yeah so we we also have a perimeter
0: (laughs) Jason lives about 5.3 kilometers from my house so we've been meeting halfway for our (laughs) night our 60 minutes of exercise while wearing a mask and social distancing because we're responsible yeah
1: and we're not allowed to be outside past 8pm yeah that's right we'll get in trouble We'll get in trouble <laughs> get, in, we'll get even, even more trouble what's the fine is that like two grand now uh i think it's it's like sixteen eighty. but yeah. if you get a second one it's like five g's man whoo yeah 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 so i don't go at outside
0: least. that late at night actually i do i actually walk the dog like eight thirty nine o'clock sometimes
1: yeah right if i go at that time it's probably to get food <laughs> it's most likely mcdonald's yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's most likely yeah. my wife getting me McDonald's.
0: Uber Eats are definitely making a solid profit right now.
1: Do you reckon they'd be able to deliver after eight? Like are they exempt? Because they're food. Yeah, I don't like know. they're the night crawlers. They're allowed to be out. Fuck, imagine. Yeah. We always had an, an idea to be like a bottled uh, liquor delivery service, like, but run like all night. Yeah. there'd just be heaps of times when like, you know, people run out of alcohol. It's like, you know, 1201 or something in the bottle shops, of course. And they're like, "Well, oh, what do we do now? Yeah. Yeah. And you just charge like overinflated prices. Cause drunk people would do that. Like, they'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, they want it there. Be- and then it's typical supply and demand. Like, yeah, I was just thinking charge, about like, like 40 when you, more. when you're
0: kind of like, it's like kind of midnight, 1am, you start to get a bit hungry. It's like, that's when you yeah. want to call the pizza. It's like, yeah. Wonder if, cause I feel like a few people will be doing that a little bit more often
1: during lockdown. Yeah because yeah, bottle shops, shops are essential and they're still open. Oh, man. It's like, oh, there's going to be a huge uh, you know, spike or influx in mental health and this and that, but let's keep the, uh, the bottle shops open.
0: Yeah, buddy. Right? Oath.
1: So let them treat these things acutely and we'll yeah. worry about the bigger picture later. Australia. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can't close bottle shops in
1: Australia, are you kidding? But limit That's everyone's wrong. exercise to just one hour a day outside with no personal training allowed. It's banned. No. That would, the, that would be
0: the. It would be the actual <laughs> thing that Australians would be passionate about after protest.
1: Just yeah, like, like they banned the closed bottle, bottle shops. You yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah. it's like <laughs> all right, Let's all congregate together in large groups during the pandemic and yell and scream about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a sign to be alive! What a year! Oh wow, it's just resilience building, isn't it?
0: It is definitely. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's yeah. what I'm telling myself. Like I'm just going to be a. a machine when it comes to like you know obstacles i'm just gonna be like is that it yeah try being on house arrest for six months come on yeah <laughs> <laughs> and actually not doing anything
0: yeah not yeah
1: you know one of those people that gets locked up and it wasn't not a fault.
0: court-ordered house yeah. arrest. just just to blanket everybody's day well, like
1: you know what this is like um so when i was in like primary school we used to put our food uh on like a shelf so everyone had to put their food on the shelf and one day someone ate someone else's food. So we had to stay inside during our recess until someone fessed up to eating the other person's food. And what happened was no one owned up. So we lost our entire recess recess and our lunchtime, part of our lunchtime, part of our recess because of someone else. And that is exactly what is happening right now. It's It's just the adult pandemic version of it. Did, did, who who had good enough food that it was worth stealing
0: to stay inside for recess and lunch?
1: Yeah. I can't even remember what it was. Eh? Maybe it definitely it was
0: like... wasn't one of the Aussie kids. <laughs> it's like, you're not yeah, going through that for like a peanut butter yeah. and, and honey. Yeah, and what, you know,
1: those, um, the fruit sticks, you know, yeah. those fruit sticks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what have you got today? Oh, a Lamington, a roll yeah. up <laughs> and an apple. What and are a you packet got? Of chips Yeah, uh, an antipasto platter, Jesus I'm going steal that one. <laughs> yeah,
1: hundred. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, eh? But yeah, this I was just like thinking about it all the time. I'm like, this is exactly like that time. <laughs> it just like hasn't lasted just recess and lunchtime. It's lasted yeah. forever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your I guess we give a bit of reflection. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about, uh, I guess, talking about the Coaches Academy and what we cover in it, but giving you guys, even if you don't do the Coaches Academy, I guess some direction on boxes you should be ticking to be a successful personal trainer. So Mm -hmm. when we say successful, we mean you're making sufficient income, you're getting sufficient results, you're... Uh, working through integrity, all of those kind of things that we value. And if you listen to our podcast, you probably value as well. So, what do you like your personal obviously face to face is closed down online. Like, how have things kind of progressed over the last what are we up to now? Like, six months. Have you seen much downturn in work?
1: Uh, oh, like. Certainly from a face-to-face perspective, but, you know, there's other facets of my, of our business and, and the work that I do. So I guess when one element's kind of dropped a little bit, I've just tried to pick things up in other spaces. So, um, that's something that, you know, I'm very fortunate to have been aware of, um, and very, very fortunate to uh, put together. But there's obviously a lot of people out there that have just got a, um, of a single serviced business and may not have been made aware of how to open up the funnels of, you know, work and leads and, you know, business, which can relate relates to income and, and all those personal goals that maybe are a reflection of that income. So, um, there'd definitely be a lot of other people, uh, you know, lost and struggling right now. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, just because that, cause that main scope of practice is gone now. Yeah. Um, and then it, this would be a challenging situation to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: if you were the money for time personal trainer, regardless of how good you were, like this is a real challenge. Yeah. For your business model. Like if you didn't have something externally just from that like 30 to 60 minutes that you're with someone, then yeah, definitely it's, it's going to be a challenge. I think like across the whole team so we look at like our our trainers to so the stc fit trainers and then the academy guys the ones that have been applying what we're kind of going to outline today um some of them because gym rent's gone away are actually probably doing better off financially because um, they've kind of moved yeah. everyone online and picked up mm-hmm. online quite strongly so a few of them have actually yeah improved um a lot of them have been really dynamic in terms of like like you said, like face to face has gone down, so where can I put my energy? how can I grow, or change my business for when things do reopen? Um, we've obviously dealt with a few people too that have that have kind of let fear kind of overwhelm them as well, uh, yep. which is totally understandable. Uh, I think like you and I have both had periods where it's like, I just need to put my hand in the sand for a little bit, and i'll I'll be back skip <laughs> me yeah. a week, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been really interesting to watch and just speaking to people across social media and, and all of that, like how different people have been affected and how they've applied themselves.
1: Yeah. I think, um, it's probably easy to let a situation like this, well, it's easy to throw in the towel in a situation like this. Um, and it's easy to lose focus as well. So I think that, you know, for a lot of those business owners and personal trainers or just anyone that's had their main scope of practice band uh, for a six weeks minimum. Uh, they, they need to, you know, just try and recalibrate the lens and just see what they can, you know, focus on in the next six weeks, either just at a personal level or um, at a business level, or, you know, even try as along with um, taking care of their clients because they should be doing that anyway. even if the, they're not seeing them directly um, and sometimes it's just having people to lean on, um, which is an important thing to to do rather than just, you know, trying to navigate this space by yourself because yeah. it's just such an emotional landscape. It's just way too easy to just hide um, and just like think that it will get better later. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people will probably do that and come out and be the same. Um, but it's a tremendous opportunity to have a think about what are some things that you could potentially do to come out and be even better mm-hmm. um, and just take advantage of, a little bit of time that we're a lot of time that we're probably never going to get ever again. So yeah, that's think, the other thing to, to think, think about
0: what you touched on in terms of like who's around you. It's huge. Like thinking about just myself, like if I didn't have a team to answer to and clients to answer to, like definitely, definitely easy to drop the ball. Yes. It's like, Oh, I'm just going to train and watch Netflix all day today. It's like, Oh, that's maybe not what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so having those a little bit of accountability. We had a discussion this week around like timelines on on certain things of like a little bit of peer pressure, expectations, accountability mm-hmm. is sometimes a really, really good thing. Yeah. Um, it's trying to manage that with that overwhelm, like that seesaw of like pushing to your limits a little bit, but not overshooting too much that you bury yourself and then want to run away because it's too much and you feel like you're failing.
1: Yeah. I think most things should have a deadline or they just get pushed out. Like you and I know more than anyone that that's the case. Yeah. So I think you know having some accountability and always setting a deadline with something just, you know, makes the likelihood of achieving that out that task or whatever it is, uh, you know, much greater.
0: Yeah. And I think that deadline being with somebody else to being accountable to somebody else on that deadline is valuable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same as your know, white people, high coaches, even people are like, you know, highly proficient trainees and trainers themselves. And they're just, you know, the state accountability is that having to say to someone else, I, I didn't do this because I either was just not, I couldn't be fucked or, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah. you know, um, it's a, it's an important thing to be, to report back to somebody cause you just get in your own head and you can just justify why you shouldn't have done something. Yeah. And just sit there and tell yourself whatever you want to hear and you, and you'll go, yeah, you know what? That's exactly why I didn't do that this week. It's okay.
0: It's self-love. Next thing,
1: nothing gets done. And that's, if that's important to you getting shit done, then, um, Yeah. yeah, you definitely need to have some accountability. Yeah. So
0: where we start with the Academy is obviously where I would assume pretty much everything is going to start always is with mindset and getting your head in the right spot. So like you, I guess, introduced the growth mindset. Uh, I think we've always just naturally kind of gravitated to that way of thinking, uh, yeah. but you found a great resource in terms of it, having it articulated really simply and explained so you can be more aware of it yep. um, through the Carol Dweck book what um what like stood out in that to you that made you kind of go like all right our our team and everyone we kind of work with needs to
1: see and hear this well i think the best thing about the book itself is it um articulates the message in different settings so you can use it for um an, af- an athlete's point of view you can use it for an education point of view you can use it in a business point of view and Um, how it reflects to uh, the culture of your business, for example, as well. So from that perspective, I was like, well, everyone obviously should read this book Um, and how I think for you and I, especially like working with so many people and so many different uh, landscapes, like coaching uh, coaches, our own team, uh, even together as a, like a director's uh, on a director's level uh, and representing a business. Uh, we needed to understand how to, like, how our coaches, our trainers in the academy, our clients and each other kind of understood, like, talk to each other like, or talk to ourselves. Um, Just how we interpret our abilities and how we interpret situations. And then that allows us to communicate to each other um, in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just as simple as like listening to how someone talks about a situation you can kind of pick up on like, okay, well that's either a really open, um, kind of growth mindset or that's a fixed one. And we need to kind of dig a little bit deeper on that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be as, as simple or, or as blatant as like someone saying, I'm not good enough to do X, Y, and Z. It can just be something really simple. Like, um, you know, just general body language about something or, you know, they're just dragging their feet when it comes to hitting a deadline or something along those lines. And, you know, cause you know that these things are, are around, then, you know, you can start to, to tackle them in, in different situations. So yeah, I think that was probably the biggest standout thing um, for, for us and for myself. And I was like, well, we we all do this, or you and I send and, and Michael send the message that this is the way we should operate. Um, yeah for ourselves and our businesses, but um, everyone needs to kind of read the book and go, right, well, this is how someone thinks in this setting. This is how someone might think in this setting and crosses over. And I think that if you lead with people, um, you need to know. So coaches definitely need to know and be aware of it.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think one of the biggest ones is like, the, the blame on external factors is probably one of the, the most common we would see on a day-to-day basis with personal trainers. Yes. Like oh, it's because of the shutdowns or it's because like gym rent's too expensive or the gym doesn't give me enough leads or like those types of things are like they're probably the most common fixed mindset attitudes that we see and then seeing being able to get people to kind of flip that into that. I like this and, um, the Extreme Ownership book. Yeah, I was I think, just
1: about to say they kind of um, tangle up quite yeah, well, don't they? Yeah,
0: they overlap really, really well. I think yeah. if you did growth mindset and then went and read the Extreme Ownership one, it would be like, yeah. a, like you'd have a really good basis in at least like where a successful mindset would come from.
1: Yeah, I think you need to read them both because like, the message of like everything is your fault is pretty powerful, but you need to take that into context as well.
0: Yeah, and not be a negative yeah, that yeah, exactly. Yeah, because people like if
1: someone just like if I just walked up to someone and just said like everything in life that's happened to you is your fault, like the problem punch me in the face. Mm. Um especially if they've been through some shit. Yeah. Um so I think that yeah, you need to understand the 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 growth mindset or just the mindset stuff that the book kind of sends the message on. Yeah. And then read the ownership, extreme ownership and go, right, well, I have so much more control than I actually think I do. Yeah. Um, and then that, and that's what we want. It's just like, how can you take advantage of, or how do you perceive, um, situations, um, even like now, and what are you going to do about it is the, is the biggest thing. Like there's a lot of people that are going to do nothing. And there's a lot of people that, because it's, because it's fucked and they can't do anything. And you know, those are the things that come into their head. And then there's other people saying, well, cause I can't do this, I'm going to go and do this and yeah. I'm going to go and do that. And that's a, a much better way of approaching the situation.
0: Yeah, definitely. So the other ones that we have in the, in the mindset stuff is obviously goal setting, which is one that no one does well enough. Um, no one puts enough time into like mm. ask people where you're going to be three, five years from now. And it's like, uh...
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I think putting a lot of value into that and revisiting it really, really frequently as well. Like we have it all in the, the all a lot of this upcoming stuff in the one tracker. So it's like you, the first thing that you see when you log in is your goals. And it's like, if they've changed, change them. If the situation's changed, change them. Um, But they like, they can be fluid, but they're always present. I think, yeah. And I think um, with goals,
1: goals get lost very quickly because we're not, they're not in the forefront of our mind often enough. Um, It's like, you know, the vision board that we try and have our vision boards, accessible in a lot of different spaces so it is you know in the forefront of your mind of like what those things are that you're working towards that are important to you yeah um and goal setting is the same it's like and it's the same in coaching business wherever it's like you don't have them there it's like really hard to know what you're working towards um and or what you're working towards in terms of the direct in direct relation to the goal yeah Um, but sometimes achieving those goals represents something much greater um, which is why, you know, we separate the goals into, you know, personal ones, um, mm-hmm. train ones, business ones, because sometimes one is a reflection of the other. Like we spoke about during the week in the, in the last call, um, in the Academy. So giving yourself a daily or weekly reminder of what they are super, super important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think identifying all those three things as well. Like we obviously have training goals in there because we work with personal trainers who typically like training. Yeah, And a lot of them are athletes in themselves. So it's like, if you want to be a national level athlete, for example, then that's going to impact how much you can work. Or if yeah. you want to take eight weeks off a year in your personal life, then that's going to impact how your business needs to be structured. So they yeah. all overlap and flip-flop between each other as well. So it's important to not just be like, yeah, my business goal is this. It's like, yeah, make sure you're ticking your personal goals as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, from there, this is one that doesn't get taught and should get taught basically ever, let alone in personal training.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like you should get taught this in like high school.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's just how to budget properly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, even just finances in general. Like no one understands loans, interest rates, interest, yeah, money, um, and then yeah, budgeting... Yeah. uh, as well. And then that from a business perspective as well, like it should be set up in a, in a, there's obviously multiple ways to set it up, but it should, something should be set up yeah. and it should be a constant from the start. And it's probably something that my business especially suffered with at the start. It's just like money just came in from everywhere and it just never went anywhere either. Like it just went in and I didn't know where it was going and I had nothing set for X and you know, I, th- I can't remember someone asked me like, you know, well, how much money would you spend on your business or are you prepared to spend on your business? And I was like, well, couldn't even fucking tell you. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'd never yeah. thought about it. i never yeah. thought about it. And I didn't know what my expenses were. And I mean, sure. I was living at home with mom, life was good, whatever, but it's like either way that should have been set up from the start. And, yeah. um, I only really got it together. Um, was it five, seven years ago or something? So it was three years of that for that where I was just living like a cowboy. Um, And it was was amazing how like things weren't really that great in the first three years. So I think that it's a tremendous thing to know how to organize your funds. Yeah. Yeah, so what we've done is,
0: is like, so I probably three, four years ago, read the Scott Pape book, kind of rolled that system out. So he has the bucket system in there, rolled that out to the guys. And I found like a lot of the guys starting out, the way the bucket system set up is kind of based on having a salary. And if you if your expenses sometimes outweighed your income, was like really really fucking scary to look at. Um, so a lot of PTs that were like coming through it wasn't really working for them. So we we've kind of just manipulated it a little bit. Um, like personally, I've used it to pay off a shit ton of personal debt, travel, and kind of being a much better financial position now than i've ever been without income really changing that much it's just like using it better um but i think like if you look across the board and you speak to other people like all the i used to be a pt which is like everyone and it's like when you narrow it down most of them left because of some kind of financial reason
1: yeah and i think that sometimes the motivating factor to pick up the phone and go through the process of getting lead generation and clients is knowing what your overheads are and what, how you got to meet them. Yeah. Uh, Like once I, once I got a mortgage and bought the house, um, I, my business went into overdrive because my internal motivation went up because my commitment to my life increased because I've got a house and, I need to pay that and the bank doesn't really care if I'm not making money because I'm being a lazy piece of shit not picking <laughs> the phone up because I'm scared and yeah, whatever. Like, I'll be scared when the bank wants to take my house. Yeah. So like, a couple of people were like offering them personal training it didn't scare me anymore.
0: I'm more scared of not paying my mortgage than I am of someone saying no on the phone.
1: A hundred percent. So, um, I think that if a lot of people kind of know that that process and like kind of just I guess come to terms with money so I think that a lot of people have their interpretation of what money is and what it represents is very different. And it took me a couple of years to talk about it in a comfortable manner. And I never really spoke about how much money I had. And I thought that was a normal thing. And I didn't want to tell people when I had none. And yeah. cause I thought that was a reflection of me and I'm a piece of shit if I had no money. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just like, it's just like a currency we exchange for goods um, and services and something. It's a commodity that we need to live. Um, yeah. And that's it. So yeah it's a heartbeat of our business. So I'm I'm going to go and say that.
0: I think everyone you talk to is like, I had a bad experience and the the gym didn't give me leads, for example. It's like, okay, so full rent came in and you didn't have enough business, so you left. Or like people, the the number one time to leave, I think within the good life model as an example is like February. It's like summer happens and then everyone gives three months notice because they didn't have any money put aside and things slowed down. Um, if you have to think about the mass exodus of personal trainers right now, it's like not many people had money put away for a rainy day. If you didn't qualify for JobKeeper, you're not in a very good spot. It's like, well, I'm, I'm out. Like I've got to go do something else. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, just having a system in place that allows like, we're probably in a position now we've been around long enough. We've got a client base. that's pretty solid. But those first like one, two, three years, it's up and down. Like it's, there's no, there's no like sugar coating that you're going to have peace and trough throughout the year yeah. based on seasons, based on uncontrollable stuff, based on you fucking up when you drop the ball with clients sometimes yeah. and you have five people walk out and you're like, oh shit, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Um, like it's going to happen and you've just got to have these systems in place to mitigate those risks like we we are self-employed we run our own businesses we need to take responsibility for that
1: yeah all this stuff's predicated on work ethic it's just that you can channel it into the places that matter yeah that's yeah, that's you know, no different hiring good coach same thing it's like you can go and do fucking bozy ball curls or you can come over here and get strong and get jacked like yeah. just doing norm, the, the the good shit that, that we know works yeah yeah yeah
0: so once we've got uh, mindset in place. Like then we move on to the business stuff. Like a lot of people come into the Academy and they're like, I want to learn programming. I want to learn nutrition. I want to learn whatever, um, which we cover and we'll talk about that later, but it's really hard to deliver good programming and good nutrition and good service without a business structure that facilitates it. And I think that's something people forget. They're just like, well, if I'm just really good and I know lots, then I'll be busy. Mm. It's like, I uh, I was real busy when I was a real shit personal trainer. Honestly, just off the back that I could fucking sell ice to an Eskimo and talk to people. Business structure still wasn't good, but yeah. how many PTs do we know that like are still doing both ball curls and they're still busy?
1: Yeah. And it's, so, and there's a highly intelligent people out there that have fucking terrible business. Yeah. They got absolutely. no business. Yeah. You know, so it's you don't have
0: that structure behind you for a delivery method for, to create buying in all that type of stuff with somebody that's coming through, how yeah. good your spreadsheet is doesn't fucking matter.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like when
0: was, when like how we spent what four months just on that, the latest update of the program, like the program yeah. template. Mm-hmm. And it's an evolution of, I think I, I saw a memory. I think the strength programming method has been, been, being developed for three and a half years now. Yeah. It just like gets updated and updated and updated so the framework started three and a half years ago yeah and it's like when was the last time you got on a call and told someone the programming method
1: yeah never yeah, yeah no no, no, no one's signing up no one's signing up for that shit yeah it's like it's this is how coaching this is how things
0: work this is how it runs <laughs> this, this, this is, is how we communicate I'm gonna get you the outcome let's go yeah they're like yeah, yeah sick alright so you yeah. need to know that shit inside out and then people will buy into you because you can feel when someone actually knows it. So, (laughs) so within that, we kind of look at like, we we refer to um, your pitch, which is from uh, Dan Priestley. I think that's in KPI. That one.
1: Uh, Is it? Uh, it? No, I think it's in the other one. What's the other one? Key person's influence. No, 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 it's not in that one. It's in oversubscribed because KPI is the, what are the things that they do? KPIs do. And then Uh, oversubscribe.
0: I'm sure it's in Key Person of Influence.
1: Really? Okay. Maybe I'm just molded both. I've molded both books into one, I think. Yeah, yeah. So Dan That really monotone voice.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Key Person of Influence. If you go onto the, uh, what's the name of his emails? It'll come to me later. Anyway, if you search Dan Priestley, it'll come up. Um, You can do his Key Person of Influence scorecard and they'll actually send you the book for free. Uh, it might be a bit slower now, but I got it in like three days um, pre-lockdown. <laughs> so you might get it in a week or two now. Um, so that's a really, really important to be able to communicate exactly what you do, who you do it for, why you do it. And and then moving on from there, is the next part we go into is like how you do that. So what are your inclusions in your service? How much do you charge? How do you deliver it? How do you interact with your clients? What happens if they don't come to a session? Um, how every single variable within your business plugs in and then you have a system that clients plug into. You don't sit down with someone and be like, oh, so what I'm going to do for you is this and I'm going to change this and you get it at this price and you get it at that price. It's just like, yeah. this is what I do and this is what I do it for and this is how things work and people go, okay, you know what the fuck you're doing and then you actually know what you're doing because you do it inside out and you can refine that process over time, get outcomes for people and come out the other side winning.
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest, um, it's a feedback that you hear from a trainer in the first one to two years or even three or four if they're not doing things correctly is um, they're training people that they want to train mm. and it's because they don't know who they want to train because they don't know what they do. Yeah. So they can't speak to a person that they want to train and yep. make these relationships and, align, and people, people align with their message and build this tribe if they don't even know what the fuck it is yeah that they're doing so
0: you do silly things like us and put <clears throat> like 60 year old men on macro plans and shit like that because that's the only person you have access to when you're learning how to do yeah. nutrition and shit so it's like yeah you, you need to once you've got your service laid out you know who you're communicating to and you can communicate to them properly and they'll be attracted to working with you as well
1: yeah and that's a process that takes a little bit of time but it'll evolve a lot faster if you go through this process yeah rather than being four years in and sick of training people that don't want to come to the gym and the biggest obstacle you have to talk about weekly is like why they only came when they saw you instead yeah. of doing like four or five sessions a week and you know yeah. sticking to their macros and whatever it is
0: yeah because those people aren't coaching right now
1: yeah that's right yeah
0: yeah if you're that trainer like things are hard right now yeah yeah Um, so yeah, obviously within that, like we talk about like managing your finances within your business again, there's like, that's within that tracker business activities on a weekly basis as well. So actually tracking your metrics, what is your, uh, if you're using Instagram, how many DMs do you need to send to get an appointment? How many appointments do you need to get a sale? How many phone calls do you need to make? How many presentations do you need to make? And then looking at all of those ratios and being like, okay, I'm really shit on the phone. I need to fix that. Yeah. I'm really shit at selling. I need to fix
1: that. Yeah. Knowing your data is so important because it outlines like where you need to improve.
0: Yeah. And you would do it for your training. So to not do it for your business, is kind of dumb.
1: Mm. There's so many analogies that can be taken in this. If you're a coach and, and you like to work out, it's like yeah. it shows a weakness in your business, which is no different to a weakness in your squat or your bench or your yeah. deadlift or whatever. And it's like, you wouldn't annihilate an eyelid like going and fixing that. So you should do the same thing with your business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. If I was to critique your squat and be like, Hey, you need to change this and this and this, you'd be happy to go in and do that that week. And it's like, Hey, you kind of suck when you're doing your outreach calls. Try this. People are like, Oh, (laughs) you're being mean to me. It's like, no, I'm giving you feedback just like I would if I was training you. Definitely. Um, So then obviously from there, we actually need to learn to sell effectively. So that's going to be one of those metrics that we need to look at. Yeah. Um, so like initial consults face-to-face and online, obviously mm-hmm. the sales process is a little bit different. Typically face-to-face you'll have one, two, three kind of sessions with them. You're face-to-face. You can see the move. You can do things a little bit differently. Whereas online, usually it's like one session, it's a consult and then you are telling them mm-hmm. what you want. However, online, you're getting a much more targeted audience generally and they know a lot more about you before they get there. So both of those things means that the approach is slightly different to how you do that. So yeah. making sure you understand those things.
1: Yeah, and just having a consistent procedure. Like it's practice. You know, yeah. It's like we want you guys to have a system to practice the system. So you do something 100 times, the process is done 100 times and from the first time to the 100th time, you're significantly better so when you sit down with this, whoever it is on the other side, um, whether it's face-to-face or online, it's like you're so good at delivering your product and helping this person um, that that confidence, which is a major element in the clients getting buy into your service, yeah. um, is just so high. They can just see it and feel it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the confidence that you present it all with is is paramount, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Even just like like we talked about, like, from a buy-in standpoint, uh, I was talking about this on the, the Instagram live. Um, I can't remember the name of the show. Uh, Our last chance, you it is on. Um,
1: oh, is that the? Uh, there's a few of them, yeah. There's like yeah. one about football, there's one about cheerleading.
0: Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so the, yeah, the NFL one is like this, is like crazy ass coach that's like from Compton, out in the middle of like middle of nowhere in the in the um east of usa somewhere it's just like heaps of kids that are just like if you don't do the right thing while you're here your scholarships for college and stuff are gone but they're freak athletes they're just kind of shitty at school yeah and he says like coaching at that level doesn't really matter it's just like it doesn't matter what play you run if you can get a kid to believe in you enough they'll run through whoever is in front of them and the playbook doesn't matter so it's kind of like that with coaching as well like you can fuck some stuff up when you're a new coach and like yeah. things, right. But if you have buy-in and consistency over time and the, the person you're working with believes what you're telling them and they execute it, man, the job's 90% done.
1: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And there's always going to be times when you guys are going to collaboratively come together and go, Oh, this didn't work. Yeah. But that only happens if you get that buy-in. Yeah, yeah. Cause if you don't, they're kind of like working against you. It's like they've hired you and you're responsible for everything. You're not a collaboratively working team. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, talking about going online as well, which like we're a big proponent of uh, like the hybrid model. So you should have things running through an online system, even if you're doing face-to-face, just because it provides better value for the client. Like yeah. depending on the clientele that you're working with, we get pushed back a little bit. If you work with like middle-aged to elderly that you get pushed back, but I don't know. I work with that age group as well. We've got coaches that work with that age group, and we don't really get any feedback that it's that much of an issue. I think it's something that the coach thinks, and then it like becomes a self fulfilling prophecy because you're like, oh, "Oh, would it be okay if like we had your program on your phone?" And like when it's delivered like that, it's like, uh, "Nah, can we just like have one written down? That would be nice." Yeah. It's like no, no, no. That's not the process. That's not my system. It's yeah. cool. So your program will come through Google sheets or like Excel or whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll check in once a week. We'll use this modality. Bang, 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 bang. This is my yeah. system. Um, yeah, I think that, being yeah.
1: consistent with that system is so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. because imagine fuck. Imagine having 30 people doing things all different.
1: Nightmare. <laughs> nah, man. Like you can make a regressed and progressed version of the system, but the system's the system. It's yeah. the same thing. It's just the details different. Yeah. I just don't. It just gets way too messy when so many people are doing so much different shit.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. And it's like, I understand people like the pushback to that. I was like, Oh, I just want to help everyone. It's mm-hmm. like, well, will you help them better?
1: If they by did enjoy trying way.
0: to customize everything to them yeah. and bending over backwards for them, or will you help them better if you have a system that you know works and then you're, you're flexible in your ability to coach mm-hmm. that person within that model of principles via the methods that you use.
1: Yeah. You know, like people hide you like for a reason. It's like your, it's your business. It's your, it's your ship to run. So like command that and stand by it. Like don't let someone come in and you know, like a captain wouldn't let someone else walk into his ship and go, Hey, we're, we're, you know, sailing the ship this way. It's like, no, yeah. it's, this is how we do it. It's how yeah. I do it. Like yeah. it's the same concept. It's like, you don't have to be a dick about it, but it's like, you need to be like, this is how I do things. It's like, help me help you by getting me this, 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 and this and doing it in this manner. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So online stuff, the other thing to consider is just like you need, I think you need to have a niche if you're going to try and go online. I don't think you can be a a gen pop. You can, I guess, but fuck it's competitive. Um, you competing against like Chris Hemsworth's fucking free program and shit. Michelle Bridges, all of those type of things. Like you need to have something that you're really good at. Mm. Um, and obviously be decent at like social media, understanding the difference between like paid and organic marketing content creation, how to get it out in front of people, what modalities to use, what's working at the moment. Cause it's fucking always changing. Yeah, um, What worked last week may not work this week, but yeah, being really, really aware of that.
1: Yeah. I think some form of like, you know, formalized strategy is super important for that. Like a lot of people just think, you know, I'll just get on there and, you know, just put online coach in the, in the bio and, you know, get myself a, um, you know, a website and you know, everything just kind of flows on from there and just put like a bunch of pictures of like me working out. It's, like, it's not, uh, that easy and not that simple. Um, so yeah, a, a formalized strategy on like what to do on a weekly basis and how to, you know, communicate to the people that you want to work with is super important. Yeah. something that people are definitely missing the mark on.
0: If it was all, if it was that easy, every single personal trainer would be living in Bali.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even the ones that are living in Bali, arguably, probably aren't doing too well either. I'm
0: probably faking it, but yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. it's <laughs> why they're living in Bali. Yeah. <laughs> I could live in fucking Bali too. Like, in, come I make? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I live in in like you know what's that? Is it volt? Oh, I'm going to fuck this up. There's like four clues or whatever. Is it like Sydney? Isn't that like the richest? suburb in the country really? yeah okay yeah i don't know i think the median price is fucking nearly like 10 million dollars some shit like my wife was telling me about it when i went to we went to sydney at the start of the year we went to this restaurant that's not far from there and she's just like yeah this is one of the most expensive if not the most expensive suburb in um in australia yeah yeah it's crazy anyway (laughs) if they're living there they're killing (laughs) or they're just paying rent (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, they're sleeping on someone's couch pretending they live yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just hiding in and Airbnb for a week and just took a lot of photos. Absolute inspo. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are in like huts in Phillip Island with a couch that barely two of us
1: can fit oh, on. <laughs> it's like two fucking sardines and a can, a very (laughs) small can. That couch was not
0: meant for like two humans that wear size XL.
1: Yeah. And not to sit on for a prolonged period of time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That was a great little spot to like go and explore Phillip Island. Less so to lock yourself inside for seven days and work.
1: And just work. Yeah. Even, even the table's too small. Yeah. Not a productive. (laughs) It's like now the checklist to go away for a work week is, Internet, <laughs> internet, um, and a big working table and a good couch, yeah, and a good kitchen, yeah, has to have we a you had to go
0: buy a fry pan as well, remember?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're eating have- out of um, we're eating out of salad serving bowls. <laughs> <laughs> and if your dad doesn't come, then we have to have one that has a dishwasher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Thanks, dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So from there, where we go uh, is is the practical stuff. So if you guys have followed us for a bit, you probably will have seen like our squat, bench, and deadlift um, progression, regression model. So for the squat, for example, like starting at squatting to a bench, uh, air squats, goblet squats, uh, front rack, or counterbalance squat, front rack squat, front squat, or high bar squat, low bar squat all the way through. So like how to assess where someone's up to, up to what their competency level is within that movement, how to assess it, how to cue it, how to position it, uh, reference lines, where to look, what to look for, which I think like it's something you don't get taught in your course. It's like, this mm-hmm. is what a squat looks like. Awesome. This squat doesn't look like that. Now what do I do?
1: Yeah. I feel and like even, even having the um, like, the the high bar or the low bar back squat as like the only thing that people should be working towards. Mm. So it's like ah oh, okay so you've set up and down off a off a bench. Let's chuck and a bar. Let's chuck a bar on your back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next thing to do from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. You squat squatted really. corner depth. Let's add more weight. Good job.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh super valuable to know all of these squat variations and how to progress someone from. You know, X to, well, I'm sorry, A to B, yeah, um, and do it in a manner where the person can progress safely, still get results, um, and then when you get them into a situation where you know they've got a decent amount of weight on their back, if that's if the goal permits it or they need to do it, yeah. um, you know, they can do it. The high, it's highly likely that they'll be able to achieve it, um, with as little setbacks as, pro- as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think like the goal when I sat down to write these modules was like, how do you take a total beginner that maybe hasn't moved in 15 years and take them from squatting from a bench all the way through to an intermediate strength level that someone that could probably go to a novice or even sanctioned powerlifting competition? Yeah. Like that's the progression length and everything that's in between there to be able to move that person throughout that whole sequence um is what i've tried to i guess articulate within those modules
1: yeah and what that what the progression regression model eradicates is the the circles that can only go in the circle hole so if you only train if you're if you're a person that only has a circle hole you can only train circles Um, what it does is allows you to train anybody you know, especially at the start, it's quite valuable to do that. But any, even anybody should be able to like get someone to squat in some way, shape or form, you know, and progress them. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a really valuable thing to to understand.
0: Yeah. And then the biggest one is like most of us work with, uh, I guess most, most personal trainers in the industry are generally working with people that want to lose body fat, increase body yeah. composition. And then like strength is a secondary goal or whatever. Yeah. So it's like spending 30 minutes two to three times a week teaching someone to squat sucks for their goal.
1: Yeah, and sucks for could, their buying too.
0: Yeah, if you could just give them an anterior load and do three sets of eight and get work done, you're improving their squat and you actually can go get the rest of the workout done and give them the outcome that they want yeah. rather than just like stroking your own ego that like, oh, you couldn't squat, now you could. It's like, it's probably going to take a similar period of time to go from A to B anyway, but you're going to achieve much more outcomes in terms of like, yeah, body composition, but also just like skill proficiency, spatial awareness, control, like all of that stuff Mm. is going to improve using the progression regression model better than just like trying to cue the shit out of someone to move better.
1: Yeah. It's just safer anyway. So
0: yeah, that too. Yeah. Way safer. Yeah. Uh, so then we have, so the, the body part specific, I'll try and list them off real quick. So chest, lats, quads, hamstrings, glutes, shoulders, arms, and calves. So maybe just like, obviously that was uh, you wrote those when you were looking at that, like, what was the intent? What was the outcome you had in mind?
1: Uh, so the, to know? Yeah. So the main focus is understanding, you know, the, um, the orientation of the, of the muscle itself from a, a fascicle orientation and like an origin and insertion perspective. So it's like, how does the muscle attach onto the, the skeleton, um, you know, from, you know, I guess, like point to point, we'll call it. Um, and how does, what does the fascicle lines look like within the muscle? You know, because the way the muscle's orientated in terms of its fiber distribution um, or the lines within the muscle also influences how that muscle kind of shortens and lengthens. Mm-hmm. So because muscles shorten and lengthen, um, we then need to go, right? Well, what are the actions that this muscle does um, for the skeleton? You know, because muscles shorten and lengthen and locomote that skeleton. So we need to know how does the skeleton move to shorten those muscles? And then we put it into a practical setting and go, right, you know, how do I load this muscle? So if I wanted to target this muscle, what are the what are some main movements that could give us? development in that muscle across the range of motion that that muscle's capable of doing from the lengthened position of that muscle we can load it we can take it into the mid-range of the muscle um, and take it into the shortened position and we can select exercises which challenge those positions a little bit more Um, so it's great to have an understanding for especially if you're working with people want to develop uh you know their their muscular chart um in a specific area more so, um, but even in general, like you see so many people just doing exercise and like, oh, this is for my, this is for my pecs or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's for your anterior deltoids, but cool, um, it's fine. You know, it's just like, maybe we need to understand things a little bit more. Um, so that the understanding this stuff is, uh, I, I just think it's make or break. Like if you don't know how to like progress someone and regress someone through squat bench and deadlift and you don't understand muscle action, um, joint action and how to load your muscles, Like, how are you selecting exercises? Like, how are you writing programs? Like, yeah. It's um, funny,
0: like, the the gaps seem to be people that are interested in strength or come from, like, an S&C background are really good at squat, bench, and deadlift, less good at the lower regressions. And then people that are themselves interested maybe more in physique-style training are pretty good usually at, like, isolating muscles and doing that effectively. But then when it comes to, like, squat, bench, and deadlift, they're useless so it's like I think and I'm being in the powerlifting space watching people do like hypertrophy accessories it's like what the fuck are you doing bro like oh you man bodybuilding for six months and understand this shit and then like watching bodybuilders like try and deadlift it's like dude yeah.
1: stop it yeah like let <laughs> the bar go to the ground
0: yeah bar. yeah <laughs> stop like, taking the load the bar should move the same way each rep not bounce left- yeah. and then like yeah. fuck sort it out yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, but yeah. even
0: um, like, obviously looking at things through a strength lens myself and hearing the words like, oh, we're going to look at isolating the pec, We're going to look at um, understanding origin insertion and all that type of stuff and how to load tissue. It's like, I think a lot of strength coaches maybe just kind of brush that off a little bit. But I think like the the, the video that stands out the most to me is the, the Bulgarian split squat video that we've got up on Instagram um, that's in obviously in the content in the full version It's just like where you put your front foot, then where you drive your knee and where you place your hip mm-hmm. can change that movement five times. Yeah. So if you're coming in going, well, uh, my squat sucks. So I need to do a unilateral work, work and I'm going to load it outside my center of mass. Cause Jordan shallow said that's good for stability. It's like, that's cool, but what are you actually loading? Are yeah. you loading your knee or are you loading your hip? How mm-hmm. are you loading it? What position are you getting into the bo- into, at the bottom? What's your dorsiflexion like? What's your hip angle like? All of those things yeah. actually matter to getting that exercise to do the job that you want it to do. And then the job might be, I want to build big fucking glutes. So it's like, you actually need to know what position you need to be and to load those i think that's that's i think even if you're not into physique understanding that shit is so important
1: yeah i i really think that this should be done straight off the bat they should have this understanding but unfortunately it doesn't go into that much level of detail it's like kind of you know push pull leg um general fitness stuff which is fine um you know, give them the key pass to get into the gate and whatever. Yeah. Um, but the first thing you guys should be doing after that is just like this stuff. Yeah. Like how do I get really good at those planes of motion? And how do I, I need to understand muscles. I need to understand what they do and how they act. Yeah. And I need to understand how to load them.
0: Yeah. I think if, if we were in the PT industry 15 years ago, when like gym floor staff existed, that would be unit one.
1: Yeah, the key yeah. is
0: how to move. But it, right. the, the reality of things right now is like you've got 12 weeks to make money. So you need to yeah. have a business structure and stuff done yeah. and be doing this at the same time. Otherwise, it's going to be like, you're going to be pushing shit uphill. Yeah. So yeah, from there, we kind of change gears pretty abruptly and go into like coaching. So like we were saying, buying, uh, being able to communicate all of those types of things. So like telling someone, hey, you actually can't get under a barbell. That's not, you're not there yet. We need to regress you to a a front rack squad or something like that at this time to then be able to progress you there later and achieve the goals that we want to achieve. Being able to have that conversation with someone effectively is going to make the difference between them getting an outcome and them not getting an outcome. So that's actual, when someone says they're a coach, you better know how to do this shit
1: yeah I think having um a good relationship and having meaningful conversations welcoming uh input from the other party is what coaching is yeah um a lot of people are you know probably in this business and using it to probably you know stroke their own ego and trying to mold people into their method and um being very uh inflexible uh with how they work with people and I just don't feel like that's coaching that's kind of just dictating things yeah uh and that in my you're opinion just you
0: if you're giving instructions you're an instructor or like, yeah and it
1: just leads to it just in my opinion it just like kind of will lead to a lot of uh of failure like you know the client's not going to be open they don't trust you um they feel like you know you're gonna be upset with them tell them off um that kind of shit yeah. um and it's like what do you what are you trying to address? Like, do you, do you really even care like what those um, acute obstacles are? Or you're just looking at the bigger picture again. It's just like the person that doesn't hit their macros. Mm. Well, and, that, and the feedback is, oh, well, you need to hit your macros next week. Like, <laughs> we right. Actually fucking asked why. Yeah, <laughs> Actually asked like if, if tracking macros is too hard. Yeah. Actually, do you have another method? Do you have something else that they could possibly do? It's like, what's cap- what do you, what, what could we do right now? Could we just like keep a food log, take pictures of your food, follow the hand plan, whatever. It's like, do you have another way? Yeah. Um. So I think that that's um, the traits that we would like to see in coaches. Like that's what a coach is.
0: Yeah, I think that's what takes you the step from being a trainer to being a coach is being able to... So the methods we have within the course, like the reach model, motivational interviewing... We do touch on disc profiling. It's like everyone's done disc before, but it's still something you need to understand. Um, and then like, I think one of the most powerful ones is like our five big questions, it's like stuff that you ask your client frequently and, and then mm-hmm. use those other methods within that. Uh, and one of those, which no personal trainers do, and we have on our checking sheet every single week. Do you have any feedback about your personal training service?
1: Yeah, and are you happy with the results you're getting right now?
0: Yeah, because people go, oh, I don't want to ask that. What if they say no? It's like, then yeah. you can actually improve what you do. That's the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. It's like, I want to, every time we release something into the academy, like we just put up some new stuff for the guys, we're like, look, there might be some shit in these spreadsheets that doesn't work. Or yeah. there might be some stuff that doesn't make sense. Or like, yeah. we we may need to refine this. Please tell us. Yeah. We don't want to roll this out to, to tons of people and then go, someone later go, oh, actually, this is a mistake. It's like, well, fuck. Mm. Like,
1: or we the, even just could be, be done best. better. Like,
0: Yeah. We just want it to be the best it can possibly be. And that's, that's the difference. So you need to be open coming back to that mindset stuff to then to apply coaching well. Because yep. you need to be willing for a client to say to you, look, you know what? This macro thing isn't working for me. Yeah, if you're personally attached to that, it's like, and it's like, oh, well, you're not working for me. It's like, no, no, no. If you understand the principles of nutrition, you can still manipulate those variables yeah. via another method. Find a
1: way. You find another way. Like, yeah. yeah, there's not one way. It's lots so of ways.
0: Very, very important. Um, so from there, it's kind of like a little bit back to school, um, <clears throat> which is surprising. Most people don't really have, I think, an understanding of this stuff. As much, and I—it's th- one of those things where it's like I always had that anxiety, like being a cert four of like I don't really know that shit, but like I know I'm supposed to, so I don't want to tell anyone I don't know it. Yeah, um which it's is you don't anatomy. feel smart. Yeah, it's the anatomy and physiology stuff. It's like I, I don't want to tell anyone that I don't know that because like that's my job. I'm supposed to know it. It's like well, if well, you've never been taught it, then you don't fucking know it.
1: Less than two of the set three and four would. That, you know, teach you, Ben. So.
0: Well, yeah. If I stopped dodging, doing anatomy <laughs> <laughs> and teaching anatomy, I can
1: left me with like twenty-seven people or some shit to teach that one day. I was like, dog. The wedding was really good, <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> Made sure I checked on your social media. I was like, you fucking better be at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think so because the course does take um a bit of a deep dive into some scientific principles, mechanisms it's important to have a general understanding of just like what the human body is from a physiological perspective. It's like, you know, it's 11 systems working in conjunction, never in isolation. Some of them overlap, some of them don't. Um, And it's this really complicated, amazing communicative system that just works shit out for you. So it's a very fascinating thing. And you need to understand it just from a general level. It's like um, muscles and bones, again, a bit of a theme, Structures of joints, just understanding what the structure of the joint is. So you don't make a knee try and rotate um, just oh given the God. structure. Yeah. It's just like, wouldn't want that to happen. Um, Cause all of this stuff builds a framework on how you think about programming, movement, assessing a client, you know, all that kind of stuff. And just having a little bit of an understanding about the communicative process in the body. What does it use? We use hormones, what well, some hormones use this, they do that. Um, just general stuff like what a cell looks like, why we need to talk, we understand that. Things go in and out, it's communicative, certain things do this, they act on this, they create that, that sends a message over to here to do this, that kind of stuff. So kind of go into a little bit of that stuff in nutrition, talk about metabolism, we talk about fat loss. Um, so if you guys don't understand you know, how something gets from something like a fat cell into a muscle cell, um, then it's going to be a really complicated thing to try and envision that. And then all of a sudden you start believing, you know, like wraps and fucking teas burn fat when it's like an energy deficit, that's you know, increasing stress and it's extracting fat out of the cell. And, you know, it has a binding protein that takes it to wherever it needs to go kind of thing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's really valuable. Cause like, like you said, the next step from where we go here is I guess the fundamentals series So we have fundamentals of nutrition, which starts with fundamentals and then goes into principles and then programming um, with case studies. And we have some stuff from a seminar that we did in there as well in terms of like Q and a, it's super in depth that nutrition module. Like I think you, you walk away with probably maybe five or six different methods you could apply as well as the principles. So it's like, it's not just like this is a protein have fun. Like, Yeah, this is a way you could apply this if you, depending on the client, and then showing you what clients we've used what methods with and what outcomes we've got and why we chose to do it. Um, I think that's what separates our stuff from like any other nutrition thing you could do because there's tons of them. Like we're we're not like naive to the fact that you could go and learn nutrition anywhere. Yeah, of course. That I think is what sets ours apart is you can come and learn the principles, and then we'll show you exactly what we did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, again, the complete understanding of like how this stuff works mm. from a fundamentals level and then being able to, to apply some methods and being able to assess whether a client's nutritional strategy that they're using, which they'll get from their friend and their hairdresser's sister and all that kind of stuff. And you can just be like, Oh, look, sounds, doesn't sound too bad, but what about this? Have you thought about, you know, X, Y, and Z, maybe have a look at this stuff. And see if you can, you know, let me know what you think about that. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to have a little bit more protein in this. And yeah. I'm going to manage my energy intake this way or something like that. So you can just have a way better understanding of nutrition in general and how it is very uh, multi-applicable. Uh, so you can do very different things for very different people in many different ways. Um, and you can also just like cool bullshit on a lot of stuff and just challenge your clients a little bit on like why they would do something Um, and your own stuff if you've been yeah totally yeah I agree yeah yeah Yeah.
0: Um, so then from there we go into fundamentals of fat loss which mechanisms influences uh, like nutrition side of things training side of things common obstacles and then like practical application again Um, you'll notice that'll be a really common theme throughout it's like it's cool to and we talk about this all the time like it's cool to hear people talk about smart shit But if you can't apply it on Monday, what was the point? Yeah. So like we, we guarantee you'll get all the smart shit too, but like, like, here's how to go do this.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, I think it's super important to understand the, uh, ins and outs of the, from a mechanistic perspective, um, and a physiological perspective at at a surface level, uh, because it, it gives you a really good understanding of why things happen. Um, so then all of a sudden it's like, okay, so this particular food doesn't burn the fat. It's this particular food is low in energy. Yeah. Um, and if I eat more of my foods from those areas and fulfill the protein, um, and I manage the activity level that that person over time is going to get the fat loss because this is how fat gets burnt.
0: Yeah. And uh, I can make body. Much smarter decisions <laughs> on a weekly, monthly, six monthly basis with a client because I understand this shit properly.
1: Yeah. And it's like, all right, if I do this for too long, these adaptations happen. If I do this, not aggressively enough, those adaptations come just a little bit longer yeah. profile, this client profile, that client, they're better suited to this. They're better suited to that. This is the method. It's not the same.
0: Yeah.
1: So you're not a one trick pony. Mm,
0: Hundred uh, percent. So then we go into strength. So the, again, the goal here is to just understand how we get stronger. Yeah. Like what's actually going on within the body. What do we need to think about? What are the considerations? And then, like, coming down into the training paradigm as well, like, what lens you need to look at people through. So again, coming back, like that brand new client that comes into the gym doesn't need to low bar squat, bench, and deadlift from day one just because they want to build strength. There's other ways to achieve that. And once you understand what's going on from nervous system standpoint, musculature standpoint, under like what intensity actually means, what volume actually means how that applies to getting stronger is, is super important again to for later like understanding programming and then understanding like hey this isn't working for this individual why what could be the causes for that yep and then fundamentals of hypertrophy so this is like i think pretty in depth mine goes pretty in depth the strength one sorry goes pretty in depth into like nervous system and understanding what loads will que- cause different adaptations and stuff like that and then yours is really in depth in terms of like what's happening at the muscle.
1: Yeah. So this will give you a great understanding of like muscle structure. Um, what happens when a muscle contracts, you know, what's the process involved in the nerve sending a signal down to the muscle. And then what happens in the internal environment, of mu- that muscle for those binding proteins to grip and forcefully kind of contract and shorten that muscle, uh, give you an understanding of characteristics of muscle fibers. Um, you know, how do we, how do we influence these muscles, uh, via resistance what are the relationships we're working with force velocity size principle uh, length tension relationship and how do they actually uh, come out in a practical setting for us to get a good understanding of that talking about meta- mechanisms of hypertrophy because you guys would have heard them all on the space mechanical tension muscle damage metabolic stress like what they are give you guys a little bit of a framework on like what's um, a, probably a more of an influence on hypertrophy than some of the others um and then you know other notable factors that increase you know cross sectional area of muscle genetics training age uh biological sex you know those kind of things so again you've got all of these an understanding of all of these concepts and go okay so now we're going to take this into a practical setting and apply them to a program for a client
0: so from there, we're into actually programming this stuff now. That now that we have an understanding of the fundamentals, um, so we're gonna move into programming. So first, I guess it's it's more fundamentals understanding, like said principle, SRA curves, progressive overload, what they need, how they're applied, introducing a recovery score, so being able to assess a client and what their work capacity is likely to be based on a myriad of factors. Um, then going into the, the strength specific programming method so looking at starting volume exercise types volume applications exercise selection how to periodize micro cycles, frequency mesocycle periodization actually build a program again like just take all of this stuff because it's a it can be a complex system we make you do it the complex way and then give you the cheat sheet um, which is the, the spreadsheet that, that works all the figures out for you, but you need to understand how we get to that first. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, yeah, build the program. Now, how do we actually track results? Cause this is all great. It's the, from what I've been able to put together over the last, like I said, three and a half years, it's the most educated guess I can get to without just being wrong. Yep. <laughs> like if you take it any further than this, it's like, that's you you're not, you don't know if that's going to work. Um, and then getting to a results review and actually knowing, okay, if I get a positive result, what does that mean? What type, what else can I do? And then if I get a negative result, like how do I assess the variables that are within that and then make adjustments to make sure it works moving forwards. And then like we talked about the programming spreadsheets and stuff that we have that we use with our clients come along with all of that. Um, so predicting loads, great resource. based on record reserve, all of that type of stuff is built into that. Yeah. And then the hypertrophy programming is lucky last unit at the moment
1: yeah so uh going over the the variables that we should be working with to create uh hypertrophy specific programs so understanding progressive overload and what's more applicable to the main drivers of hypertrophy and how we would use um some of the variables within progressive overload to be you know more um So they will be more specific to, you know, driving these hypertrophy adaptations, understanding load load and rep ranges. So, you know, there's like been around for a long time. It's like typical hypertrophy rep range, like eight, 12, eight, 15, whatever. um, Which is uh, not actually that accurate or it's actually untrue. just blatantly untrue. Uh, So understanding that, understanding like, you know, what the pros and cons to working with higher rep ranges and lower rep ranges are when to apply them um, because they, Obviously build muscle on both ends of the spectrum. It's a lot broader, gives you guys a lot more variety. Um, you just got to think and go, right, when would I use this movement and what for? Um, and give, you got, give your clients specific rep ranges and specific loading prescriptions for a reason. Understanding uh, volitional fatigue um, or more proximity to concentric failure, how that influences muscle growth. Training volume uh, and frequency considerations. So I've given you guys a little bit of a framework, but I really want to come you guys to come out of that and have an understanding of like how to apply it for a specific person, not just say, all right, 20 sets on everything, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Um so it's not as clear-cut as that and it shouldn't be. So anyone that's saying that is a liar. Um rest periods, how important they are, do they change, exercise selection. Um, again framework some movements are better than others exercise order does inf, uh, influence uh you know the i guess the hypertrophic stimulus you can apply in a muscle um in a muscle group so the order does um influence that based on like fatigue um so that's quite important to know because your order can influence your results tempo how valuable is it how invaluable is it you know, have to read the content because i'm not going to tell you how would we periodize for hypertrophy? It's a little bit different. Um, so we can use a couple of methods there as well. So all of this stuff, you'll be able to come together and go, right, I'm going to write this program for this particular person for this particular reason, um, yeah. apply these volume considerations and boom. Yeah. Very hypertrophy specific program for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a little bit of a rundown of how the course itself works is basically you have an initial 12 weeks. Um, as a minimum, where you have a weekly call with Jason and I, a group call with other coaches as well, so you bounce ideas and learn off their questions, interact with them and meet them and network. Then, obviously, everything we just talked about is through our online education portal. Everything's in written and video form, so you can learn all that. You get all our resources, all our trackers, um, spreadsheets, uh, programming templates, anything that we use in our business, you get. Uh, all included then after that initial twelve weeks you can choose to stay which I think we have about a ninety percent retention rate at the moment in terms of people wanting to stay in those calls on a weekly basis because that all this stuff that we talked about today is like why you want to come and do the course to learn but then once you get in those calls and start bouncing off direct ideas and like Jason and I talk about all the time like going to seminars and stuff and like I just want to fucking ask that question and sometimes you don't get the opportunity. So we're giving you guys the opportunity every week to ask about anything that we've just mentioned specifically to a, a client, to yourself, to, to a situation, whatever's going on. Um, particularly at the moment, being able to ride out, I guess, what's going on right now. So um, it, it's been a, a really cool thing to see that grow and be as important as it is to the guys outside of the content. Our sort of view of this right now is like everything we've just talked about will put you in the f- top, we said five, but I, like honestly, I think it's probably close to the top three. Yeah, um, if not already top one percent of personal trainers like around right now. Um, if you can master all of this stuff, you're in a, at an elite level. Like you're running a really elite business. You're providing elite service. You're getting elite results. You're doing really, really well, and your place in the industry is there as long as you want it to be. Yeah from there just i guess so uh you can you will gain access to the course for 12 months regardless if you stay after those initial 12 weeks and we'll be continually adding and refining and stuff the content as we go so a few things that we're looking at like as a as to build on to this is we're going to go a little bit deeper now into the business side of things so working with people that have executed all this and are doing really really well now they need to start thinking about like GST work cover um, different income streams all of the, putting on other people, all of these types of things where we start to like really go to the next level uh, within our industry. Uh, understanding return on investment in terms of like courses, uh, marketing, all of that type of stuff, taking another step in terms of hypertrophy. So we're giving you the basics of what you know to be able to write good programs going to the next level and actually being able to understand muscle physiology and stuff really, really deeply and understanding how all that works. You guys will have seen um, and heard us talk about like movement assessments and my articles and stuff that are coming out. That's going to formulate a system that'll be the goal is to be able to look at any movement, assess it, figure out what's going on and then intervene. So that's going to be really exciting as well. So instead of just like looking at stuff going, it doesn't quite look right but i'm not 100 percent sure how to fix it i'll just regress it it's like when we regress we can pinpoint right that's a hip issue we need to do this this and this to fix that Um, so that'll be evolving more movement prep stuff which we've already put together Um, so that'll be out really soon and just in terms of like what you could do in terms of testing and then intervention pre-workout based on what your testing outcomes will be Uh, what else we got in here? comp prep for physique and powerlifting. Uh, We're expanding our mindset stuff. Amy's putting that together for us. And then also just like vetting info. So learning how to read studies and follow people online and stuff and know who's actually talking shit and who's legit uh, and being able to put all those together. So there are things that we're working on in the background that'll get added over the next probably six months um, that'll build on top of this course. But if you finish this inside 12 weeks, I don't believe. you. Yeah basically <laughs> like you, you just haven't applied it properly and you haven't put
1: enough time into it. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Anything else to add, mate?
1: No, it's been a great evolution of a, of an idea. Um, and it's only going to get better. And so we're, we're just super motivated to and committed to delivering this course and help and raise the standard for all the personal trainers out there who want to be better and who want to last. Yeah. Really why we get into this. So if that's you, then yeah. you need to hear us in the dms yeah we um, look forward to this call program. every week so much just yeah like, it's the best
0: conversations are unreal
1: yeah it's the best it's just yeah. helping imparting knowledge now from you know all the experience and the years that we've spent doing this it's just time to give it back yeah. um so it's the, literally one of the greatest hours to two hours of our week or my week
0: yeah it's interesting like one of the we've got a few in there in the course now that have like done other courses and stuff like that. And so the biggest feedback we get from, from those people specifically, because like the ones that haven't done it and it's their first development course, maybe just don't know any better, but just the concept that you and I can say, well, when this happened, I did this. Yeah. Maybe I would try this, this or this, but it's like having 10 years experience, fucking everything up as much on the way through allows us to, I guess, share that, Mavs said it's time. time. Is that Mav or Cleo? No,
1: that's Cleo.
0: Cleo's had enough. Much more annoying, Buck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think that's a really cool thing to be able to like, yeah, we fucked that up. Yeah, don't do that. At year three, not month three.
1: Yeah,
0: Here, do this instead and you won't have to go through that shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) So you're connecting with people to leverage um, the mistakes that they made and to not do them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. to fast track to yeah. fast track your development it's what yeah. it's literally what we've done for you guys yeah what we want yeah. we that's what we want to do for you it's like i fucked this up don't do that
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and that's really exciting for us like even like last week obviously was was amy in Nat's episode and we both like had a bit of a laugh of like how much better their first episode was than us yeah and they yeah. we had been pts for like five years when we did our first one yeah well, I guess that's what mentoring is supposed to be. Like 100%. they should be at a, developing at a much faster rate than what we did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right.
0: Awesome. I feel like that's a pretty long episode now, so we'll wrap it up. So if yep. you are interested or you want more information, obviously we launch on the 24th of August. Um, so touch base through at SEC um, fit underscore learning on Instagram. Uh, if you just generally want to follow myself or Jason, it's at best Ben Scott STC and at Jason Gilea underscore STC um, at STC fit as well um, to check out all our client-based stuff for any other questions and online coaching and stuff on there as well. Um, the website, if you want to go there, we will give you a breakdown of like the course itself, how it all works everything like that. If you didn't take notes throughout this whole episode, <laughs> which you were probably in your car or like doing your cardio. So you probably didn't yeah. um, www.stcfitlearning.com and just click Academy in the services. And it'll take you to a full breakdown of how everything works. And next week will be our coaches corner with Dean and yes, Ward, um, yeah. which was a really fucking cool chat. Just talking yeah. about getting massive. So I don't say Mad. a lot. Jason talks a lot.
1: It was great.
0: We get another week off next week, Jason. Yep. we have to do an episode
1: too. So Good. Fun. This is not happening. <laughs> Anyone, feel free to hit me in the DMs and just chat about training them. I've got all the time in the world being on house arrest.
0: <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for listening, guys. See Straight you guys. Up.
1: Put it up. Thank yep. you. Share, share, share. Bye. Bye.